Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. We are very glad that you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you're getting podcasts from. Appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Churn and Spoon is going to be opening up any day now, so frozen treats will be back on the menu. And, of course, Strange Brew has been with you throughout all of this so make sure you're still supporting that local business and all of our local businesses here in Startville. But Strange Brew Coffee House, you know, a, a, a institution here. Uh, would you say, Joel Coleman, that amongst the, you know, the you know how media, we go to different cities all the time, right? And everybody's got their stop. Yeah. You know, I, I got a place I like. I like to go to the Chimes in Baton Rouge. When we go to Oxford, we like to go to Southern Coop. Whenever we go back to Fayetteville, I want to go back to that the right barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. yeah, we got we got our stops. Is Strange Brew the place that most media people know for sure that they? Hey, while I'm in Startville, I'm going to go there. I think it is. If it's not, it should be. It should be. Well, I mean that goes without saying. So, so you know what I mean, we're trying Tim, to say is Tim Tebow went there. I believe everybody knows that everybody wants to be like the media these days. That's that's all you ever hear. Yeah, is people, how, people, how great the media is. Yeah, I mean people grow up saying Joel T and Brian Haydad. Those are my idols. Yeah, okay. Uh, But that said, you should head over to Strange Brew Coffee House right now. Wherever you are, drop what you're doing and get over there and take care of yourself. Our good friends at College Corner will know that special deals can only last for so long. This one's been lasting longer than most. I hope you've taken advantage of it. If not, you're going to be kicking yourself when it's all said and done. Because right now, you just go to collegecornerstore.com. And search for gift cards in the, uh, the the search bar there, and they're going to give you thirty percent off your purchase of any uh, any gift card. So a hundred dollar gift card, boom, you save thirty bucks, save sixty on two hundred, and so on and so forth. You do the math because I'm not gonna. There's no reason not to do this, guys. It's easy money. It's money well spent. Do it right now. CollegeCornerStore.com. Buy yourself a gift card and get yourself a nice new MSU merchandise for this upcoming football season. Whether you're at home, whether you're at Davis Wade Stadium, look your best. Look look like you want the team to look. You want the team to look sharp. You need to look sharp. It is better to to feel, to look marvelous than to feel marvelous, they say. So, CollegeCornerStore.com. They say a lot. They wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, JP yeah, and yeah, Charles yeah, no, They. No one has said more than they. Yeah. JP and Charles They. They wrote the book. You know who came up with that uh that those names? Skip Carey. That's a great man. Line drive, base hit. <laughs> that's that's all I can give you. Uh Braves win. That's all I can do. It's not great. But. I've got a picture of me and old Skip arm in arm from, in front of Skip and Pete's barbecue out. In the outfield at Turner Field, they yeah. they used to go out there before every game. One of them, and oh yeah, yeah. So I, I've got a couple of pictures. I got one with Pete somewhere. Pete uh, Van Wearen. Skip. Yep. I know all about those guys. Good guys. Oh yeah, Ernie really, Johnson. I, I don't know them personally, yeah, yeah, but I feel like I people. Did. Yeah. I felt like I knew Skip Skip Carey. Yeah, Skip. No question me, about that. Yeah. 
He, I could see my I could have seen myself sitting on the front porch drinking a beer with Skip Carey. Yeah, no and, question. You know, kind of along those lines to make it an MSU tie real quick. Yeah. Uh, when I first started working in the athletic department, uh-huh. and then I became a grad assistant. That was when Jim Ellis was still working in the athletic department, like in marketing. And my little desk was in the hall, kind of in a hallway sort of deal. Um, and Jim's was like right. I mean, I could see Jim, and, and in my mind, like Jim Ellis was almost. Skip care. I mean, he, he was, you know, one of those big voices of my youth. Right. And so it was just so. I mean, now now I see Jim all the time, and I just talk to him like he's a buddy kind of deal. Yeah. But, but at that point in my life, yeah, it was it's, like, oh, it's it's, it's different, a, different. Yeah. It's different. There's a legend right yeah, there, yeah, kind yeah. of deal. I, I, I understand that feeling. <laughs> trust me. Uh, our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems want you to understand the feeling that comes with upgrading your office technology, which everybody, you know, it's it's it's, it's a process. You know, you upgrade it, and then it's obsolete sooner than you think. So why don't you give those guys a call today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out what they can do for you. They've got over 45 years of experience working in this state, working with Mississippians, helping them out, helping out their fellow Mississippians. So give them a call today and see how they can upgrade your office technology and get you working at peak performance. Advantage Business Systems, find out how they can help your business do business. All right. We got two interviews today, so we don't have to talk a whole lot. It's already in the bank. This show's half done. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Nikki Chavanel from hogsports.com in the second half of the show for our SEC preview on the Razorbacks. But first, our first opponent preview of the season, series. And if you're a longtime listener to this show or to previous podcasts I may or may not have been a part of, uh, you know how it works. You know that we start back to front so that when we get to week one, we are talking about week one which means here on June the 25th, is that what today is? Today would be the 24th. Today is the 24th. Yes, but as you listen, it will, unless you listen immediately when this goes up, right? Um, you're most likely listening on the 25th. We are going to Happy talk- birthday, Mom. Oh, is it your mom's birthday? 25th, yeah. Shout out to Joel's mom. Yeah, she's not going to listen, but... It doesn't matter. If she did, she's getting a happy birthday. Well, you tell her I right said now. happy birthday. I will. Uh, we're going to talk about the Egg Bowl today. That's exciting. Uh... When I think about this game, last year was an aberration. State has been the better team the last four seasons. Now, 17 is we all, you know, it's the Nick Fitzgerald game. If he doesn't get go down, I think State wins the game. State should be sitting on four straight wins, ready to make it five at this point. As it is, they've won three out of four. The last two trips to Oxford, the final scores combined are 90 to 23. State has just dominated this on the road. Can they do it again? Those are the questions we're going to ask of our friend Richard Cross from Super, from Sports Talk Mississippi, of course, the host of that show. And you know him from God knows whatever else he does, ESPN, Ole Miss sideline work. He owns a, His wife owns a dress shop. He's a man of many hats. One of the SEC's, I'll say it, best basketball announcers. He's, he's very, he very, good. very good. Very, very good. He's the poor man's Tom Hart. <laughs> if he's listening, he's gonna get. He's, he just got red in the face. Let's talk to Richard and see what he thinks about the Rebels. Spoiler alert: It's pretty positive. Well, believe it or not, we are 12 weeks away from the start of football season. So, as we always do here on Thunder and Lightning, we'll begin our opponent previews and we'll start at the end, which means we get to talk about the Egg Bowl in uh, in June. So, joining us for the first time on the Welcome Home Beef hey. Hotline, Richard Cross, the host. 
of Sports Talk Mississippi joins us. Richard, I, I don't know if you're going to be up for this or not. We're going to talk about sports for the next few minutes. I, uh, I like that idea. Hey, Dad, I've been on a podcast with you one other time uh, years ago. Oh, that's right. When you and Bob Carscadden were on, I, I think you couldn't shut me up. We no, it was, it was me and Stephen Agostinelli. Oh, your cousin. Yeah, we were on This Is Our Show, yeah. You held the record for a while for longest interview we ever did. It was like an hour and 15 You talked forever. It was incredible. Yeah, I did. And Don't ever say we fun. didn't give an equal platform. Oh, we had fun. Or at least I thought we had fun. We I did. Fun. And then you never invited me to do anything again. So, <laughs> well, you know. That, uh, your Rolodex has gotten so dry that you uh, just were like, hey, can we talk? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> Ben Garrett's on vacation, so, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I, I hear you. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Ole Miss Rebels. You know, obviously here in Starville, the concern is sort of the same. New coach and no spring. How do you install things? How, how do you how do you get ahead of the game? All we've talked about with Leach is how simple things are. I don't know what the, the concern is in Oxford, but what is it in terms of getting offense going in the right direction, getting everything? It's all new in Oxford, just as it is here in Starville. What's the, the level of concern up there? Wait, like you legit want to talk about football and not just like shoot the ball for an hour? No. <laughs> this is... First off, this is not going to be an hour. This is. I should, how long are we going? I need to know how long my answer needs to be. I mean, you, you, you just answer the question, and we'll just sort of go from there. Um, you know, so to me, when you're talking about Ole Miss and Mississippi State, it's like you're always comparing, right? And so, as I've done, you know, some various interviews and talked to different people and have been asked about who's got a bigger challenge. You know, is it Lane Kiffin or is it, uh, is it Mike Leach in terms of installation? I, I've kind of answered it in different ways because with Mike Leach, and, and uh, forgive me, I'm already off the rails and not answering what you asked me, but, but I promise I'll get there. With Mike Leach, it's my system is my system, learn the system, or go find something else to do. This works. This is what I do. you got to do it. And in some ways, that's really, really good. I mean, you know what you're getting into, and you may have to go through some growing pains. So your question about Lane Kiffin, I think when you look at his history, he's done a lot of different things offensive, excuse me, offensively based on where he's been and what the personnel looks like. I mean, he made Blake Sims into a really good quarterback at Alabama after moving over from the running back room. But – that Alabama team didn't succeed because of Blake Slims. They succeeded because they ran the entire offense through Calvin Ridden. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of identifies playmakers and figures out ways to get balls in their hands and seems to have done a pretty good job kind of masking deficiencies. You know, if you look at the time that he was at FAU, um, they did some different things offensively. At times they were kind of spread option. At times they were a little more run-based. At times they threw it a little bit more. Uh, if you go back to the time when he was at Southern Cal, call it plays. I mean, it was more of a pro-style offense. So I think that he's got a really good football mind. And, and you know, so, some of the public perception and, and what he does on Twitter, I don't think that's really who he is. I think he, he's a guy that is most comfortable sitting in his office, drawing up ball plays, and then going out and coaching his guys and trying to kind of figure out. He, he doesn't love doing the booster schmooze thing. He doesn't love the public speaking gigs. He just wants to be 
a ball coach, and he's kind of a football junkie. And, you know, I've had limited interaction with him so far. Uh, but I'm going to be really fascinated to see, and I, and I think that's why losing this past spring was such a big deal, uh, because I think he probably wanted to get in, along with Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, and the rest of the staff, and, and kind of figure out what they had. You know, what, what have we got from a quarterback standpoint? Yeah, we know John Rice Plumley's not uh, going to complete balls at a, at a 70% clip, but what, what can he do? Can, can he complete balls at a 58% clip? You know, how big is Mac Corral's arm? Uh, you know, what can he do in the run game? So, so I think that's what they missed out on. And, you know, the, the expanded walkthrough time that the NCAA has approved is, is going to be pretty important for them. But I think this thing's going to develop on a fly. And, and I guess the last thing that I would say about that, if you look at the times he was at FAU, when they played Power 5 teams out of the gate, I think they played Nebraska once. And am I crazy? Did they play Wisconsin once also? And just got drugged. Yeah. Now, I hope that's not a harbinger of things to come when they play Baylor in the season opener. I'd like to think the talent level might be a little bit different on, on Ole Miss's team. But after those kind of early season humblings, they got better. And they got better fast, and they didn't lose much when they were kind of on a, an even playing field in terms of you know talent on the roster. Is this going to be a three-man quarterback race up there? I don't think so. You don't think Tisdale's in it at all? No, I mean, I think Matt Corral probably is the leading candidate to be the starter. Mm-hmm. But again, you go back to not having the spring, and, you know, John Rice Plumley's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> he has the ability to make plays in the open field, but can he complete enough passes that you can get to a point where you say, hey, we, we can live with this guy? You know, to, to me, and so I'm kind of going back on what I said, you know, kind of assuming that, that Matt Corral is going to be the starter. If Plumley can show you, kind of going into the year, that he can complete like 58 to 62%, which is not, you know, I mean, that's in, in today's college football game, that's not a great percentage, but it's not terrible. I mean, it, it, it's functional, then that's probably the guy you roll with because of what he's able to do with his feet and, and how he's able to affect the game like that but he's less predictable because he can complete some passes on you. But if he's like a 52% completion guy, and, and I don't want to put too much emphasis on completion percentage, then you, you, you can't do that because you're predictable offensively. And, and that was the biggest downfall of Ole Miss's offense a year ago. Teams knew what they were going to do because, well, for a lot of reasons. I, I won't go down the Rich Rodriguez uh, <laughs> rabbit hole today. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that they look predictable, but – the biggest reason was they didn't have confidence in John Rice Plumley's ability to consistently throw the ball, not even down the field, just accurately. So, I mean, there's a ton of arm talent there with Corral. He is an efficient runner, an effective runner, just not a great runner. Um, my, my guess today, as we sit here on what June the twenty, was the twenty third, twenty fourth, something like that. Mm. Um, if you told me to handicap it, I would give Matt Corral, you know. The, the best odds. Um, but I don't know that it would be like a significant advantage over, over Plumley. And, and you're right. I hate that. I know you love Tisdale. I don't, I don't, what? Well, no, I mean, I, I know you're a fan of his. I mean, he's really talented. And he wouldn't have stayed if he didn't think he could, you know, potentially win the job if he gets a, like a, a an even shot with everybody else. Is there, so, is there a chance he goes back to the portal then if, if he doesn't win it? 
I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. So, assuming he plays, I like Kylan Hill better than I like either of Ole Miss's two backs. But for in terms of depth, I like the Ole Miss backfield better than the Mississippi State backfield. You know, with uh, with Ely and Connor, and then I assume Plumlee is going to have a role to play there as well. Is there a thousand yard rusher in that group though? I mean, I know Plumlee rushed for a thousand yards, but if they put him at running back, is he a, th- a thousand yard rusher there? Oh, they're not going to put him at running back. So they're just going to like try to find like a like a wildcat role for him, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, if Matt, if Matt Corral wins the starting quarterback job, Plumlee will be on the field, and I think he'll be the busiest guy in football too because it'll be, um, oh goodness, I mean, this, this, this reeks of. This was another white running back that was good, so you're making a comparison. I'm not saying that he's Christian McCaffrey, who's doing it at a pretty high level in the NFL right now. But if you think back to when he was at Stanford, they, they did some different things with him. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, my, my guess is that if, if Plumlee doesn't win the job, he spends some time at receiver, they move him around, they line him up in the backfield, swing him out of there, because you want to get the ball in his hands, period. Um. You know, is there a thousand-yard rusher? My guess is the distribution of carries is such that maybe you have a couple of guys that are in the six to eight hundred range, uh, as opposed to one guy having a thousand and another having three hundred. Um, but that's just kind of a kind of a guess. Um, I agree with you, by the way, on on the Kylan Hill. I mean, I, I think probably a more complete package at yeah. this point. At this point, uh, if Jerry and Ely continues to develop and kind of becomes a marquee running back, if he gets the, the type touches, and I think he's a little bit different type runner than Kylan Hill is, yeah. but I think you're talking about comparable talents. I mean, he was, he's special. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just don't know if he's going to get the, the load. And he, he's, he's, he's thicker than he looks, but he's not huge. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not 6'2", 220, give it to him 35 times, uh, but he's what, 6 feet, 6 one, 205 probably? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think he can probably run a little more inside than you give him credit for. But if, he, if there's a scene there, I mean, his ability to run away from people is, is uh, really special. Richard, last year defensively, Ole Miss, they were much improved. Better. They were much they were improved, better. no doubt about it. Uh, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe defensive line basically a whole new group this coming year. If I'm correct on that, I may be, I may be incorrect on that. <laughs> I'm not the Ole Miss, you know, don't don't know no, them up right. and down. But uh, what 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 are you? It's a general Joel, question. Joel, if yeah. you don't know them up and down, just ask Kate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a big fan of the third string quarterback, you know, you, you gotta know you gotta know your football oh, at yeah. Ole Miss. But uh, but no, I guess overall, just defensively, what what are your thoughts on this group? Um with the, gonna have a new you know, a, a new group up front, just mm-hmm. defensive thoughts. Is this team gonna take a, a step back from what it was a year ago? Well, I don't know if you heard or not, Joel, but apparently Javon Kirsch is coming to Ole Miss this year. They just got a a transfer from uh, Canada. We were talking about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. We sure were. He's like he's like six eight two fifty and runs a four six with a thirty five inch vertical. So is it Bruce Feldman that does the freaks? The freaks, yeah, week? yeah, yeah. Uh, so so maybe he's a here they uh, go hyping up recruits again. Here they go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know, uh, he was he was a 
Navy and five star. <laughs> <laughs> that translates to four and a three quarter star here in the states. Though, yeah, that's so. the uh, that's the exchange three, five, rate. Rank, yeah, two four seven. Composite composite ranking. Right. Um, no, no, you're 100 percent right. Uh, I, you know, as people have asked me about the, the defensive side of the ball, uh, to me the question is is up front because you you lose Benito Jones and you lose Josiah Coatney and Charles Wiley. Chuck Wiley transfers out. Um, Ryder Anderson is back, and he's healthy. Uh, and I think that's good. We, we, it was a little disappointing. Ryder Anderson really kind of um, – he looks the part at defensive end. He might be a little light, but it, it kind of looked like things were finally clicking for him. Then he got hurt early in the year and, uh, and missed the rest of the season last year. Here's what I think. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out with a defensive line. I don't think you can go with like a uh, – you know, uh, an 065 defense um, <laughs> where, where you played no defensive line. Jolie Dunn might have tried that somewhere <laughs> along the way, but that is not a, uh, a proven commodity. Here's what I'd say though I think they're pretty good at linebacker. Um, uh, Momo Sonogo back and healthy. You know, you're two years removed from him having 100 and whatever the number was 112, 118 tackles in a single season. Uh, you know, you hope you get him back to that level. Uh, he told me a year ago that if they had gotten to a bowl game, which obviously that did, he thought he could be back for the bowl game and you know, still would be able to, to get the redshirt year back because of you know not playing in four games. Um, so, so that's kind of where you start. I, I really like Sam Williams and what he brings to the table there. Uh, in terms of depth, eh, okay, it's a little thin. But, in, but with regard to the first group, I, I like where they are at linebacker. And I think the secondary's got a chance to be pretty good uh, as well. Um, so I would say those are the two areas that they grew the most last year. But now they've got to grow up on, on the, the defensive front of the hurry because you're right. I mean, it's just some guys uh, up there. And, you know, maybe those guys, we get to a point where we know their names, uh, you know, by the end of the season because somebody's emerged. Yeah, you're, you're not looking for somebody to give you 40 tackles. From, from defensive tackle or from, from the nose guard to go get you eight sacks. You just need somebody that can kind of be competent and clogging up the middle, taking on some blocks, you know, occasionally disrupting in the backfield, and creating some lanes for, for linebackers to make plays. And, and I think that's got to be kind of the strategy they go with. State's won three of the last four in the Egg Bowl. They've won two in a row. It probably would be four in a row if, if Nick Fitzgerald doesn't get hurt in 2017. I feel like that's a, a fair assessment. Why? Why? You know, and that's coming off of a, a you know from twelve to fifteen, Ole Miss won three out of four, and really, you know, had had could have won you know four in a row as well. There, the thirteen egg bowl was obviously very close. Is this is the rivalry about to flip flop back around again? Is Ole Miss building some momentum? What makes you th- just give me a couple reasons you think they'll beat Mississippi State this year? That was a lot of ifs. A I mean, lot of ifs. If my, if my aunt was anatomically different, she would she'd be your uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really think it is about to switch, but but not like for three or four years. I mean, I think we're talking about for three or four decades. I, I really don't see a scenario where Mississippi State wins again until roughly 2050. <laughs> Richard Cross, I everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, there was a, a stretch there where home field man mattered, mm-hmm. and then it didn't. Yeah. And... You know, you go through the history of the series and you've seen some pretty decent streaks, but over the last, what, 20 years? I mean, nobody's really reeled off of, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they just won six in a row. Yeah. Um, 
It just doesn't happen in this series. The, the rosters, generally speaking, I'm not saying every year, and probably not this year, um, but, but generally speaking, the rosters are fairly comparable. There seems to be varying degrees of motivation on a year-in, year-out basis. Some years, uh, you know, Ole Miss is, like, really locked in for that game. And you, you know what, I just got a feeling. That's something weird. And, and maybe there's something weird going on, like there was the night with Dan Bowen. Now let's revisit that for a second, if you don't mind. Unless we're like up against some time crunch. I mean, we're just—it's a podcast, so no, well, we aren't. Well, I mean, at the beginning, you told me I didn't have long to go. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. Um, Typical Nick, Ole Miss Nick media, just you know, f- fudging what we say. Go ahead. Nick Fitzgerald's injury aside in that game, mm-hmm. and, and I don't—I don't really disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I think if he stays healthy. It, it, as bad as he was in the first quarter of that game, I think he probably would have found something, especially in the running game, as, as it had gotten deeper into the ball game. Right. Um, but there was a weird vibe in the stadium that night. There was. And there was a weird vibe on the field. And it was, it, you know, I've been to a bunch of Egg Bowls. The, the first Egg Bowl that I went to was in, I've told you this before, 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the year that it returned to campus. Ne- never went to an Egg Bowl in Jackson. Uh, and I've only missed two since then. Uh, and incidentally, both times I was in the Bahamas for basketball. Once for women's basketball on the radio when I was doing Ole Miss, and then once for the battle for Atlantis a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, so I would qualify those as good reasons to miss an egg ball. Sure. Um, but sometimes it just feels weird. And I think in the stands, which, which I know both of you guys in the past have sat in the stands for this game, it feels different than that uh, for, for that than when you were actually on the field. And going back to that night, what year was that? Seventeen. Yeah, Is that right. In a twenty seventeen, it was cold. It wasn't like miserably cold. But it was cold. And it was just weird as they were going through the senior presentations, and it was like something's off. Uh, Mississippi State's better than Ole Miss is. There's no question. But going into this game. It doesn't feel like Mississippi State's about to win, and certainly not about to like run away with it. And then, obviously, weird things happen, and you know, people are still convinced that you know Ole Miss intentionally did the injury. Yeah, what, whatever. We don't have to re-litigate that or legislate it or whatever. Um, but it was a weird feeling, and this is a series that lends itself to that. I don't know if it's going to feel any different this year with Mike Leach on one sideline and. Lane Kiffin on the other? I mean, do they diffuse things a little bit because they're kind of buddies? Has that gone by the wayside because of COVID-19 or the transfer stuff, uh, you know, a few weeks ago? I, I got no idea. Um, would I be shocked if Ole Miss beat Mississippi State this year? Of course not. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Mississippi State won. But, but your original question, if, if we're rewinding, is, you know, is Ole Miss prepared to flip the, the series? No, I don't think they've got the roster to do that right now. I think if, if, if either team is going to go on a win four in a row, five out of six, seven out of nine, there's got to be a pretty significant talent difference in the two rosters. And I'm just not convinced that the difference is great enough in either direction right now or for the foreseeable future to, to see that kind of a run by either team. All right. Last question. Which Ole Miss receiver will Wait, lift his leg? Already? 
Yeah, but which Ole Miss receiver will lift his leg this year? Who's it going to be? Do you have a, an early favorite for that? I got a better question. Okay, he's got. <laughs> I got a better question. All right, go ahead. Hey, Dad, if you uh-huh. attempted to do what Elijah Moore did, could you pull it off? Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, right, he's, right. he, he's pretty yeah, flexible. He's in the hot yoga now. That's right. Yeah, be no problem. Is that one of the poses you do in your little hot yoga? That, they, they call it the uh, the downward-facing uh, dog piss. <laughs> <laughs> so. Joel, I only get one question out of you. It's about the defensive line. Come well, okay, I'll give you another one. It's like our interviews on the show, Richard. I, he just gets the one. Uh, Brian's such a professional. He's so good. I mean, I, I, it just leaves nothing else to ask. Uh, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, Ed. <laughs> I've not ever said you can't ask more than one question. It's just like you so ask one, and then you kind of let it go. <laughs> I know what buttons to push with Richard, man. I just know. <laughs> go with your question, Joel. I did you... watch today, and uh, you know, you got your one question in with John. I did. So. I, and I had thought of that earlier, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, here, 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 here's my second question for you, Richard. It, the, the year is twenty. Make it a good one, Joel. The year is twenty twenty five. If I told you only one of Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin is still at their respective school, the other is gone. Who's still here, and who no longer is? Uh, history would tell us it's Mike Leach, right? I, that that would be my guess. Yes. Uh, I mean, what he was. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I know you guys both know it by heart. He was like nine years at Tech. And I think it was ten at Tech and eight at Washington State. I was going to say nine and nine. So so 18 years between two stops. And Wayne Kiffin uh, will turn 19 next week, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, look, at, maybe I'm wrong on, on that. Um, you know, maybe – Mike Leach can't control, control himself on Twitter, and he doesn't make it. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe he takes a Mississippi State team that wasn't expected to really go crazy, and John Cohen and Mississippi State did the work that nobody else was able to, and they go win 10 or 11 games, and then, hell, I don't know, Alabama, Nick Saban retires, and Alabama offers him the job. I mean, yes. Yeah. That seems a little far-fetched, but, uh, you know. But no, history would tell us that uh, that Lane Kiffin to twenty twenty five. We're talking about five years from now. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of ways to look at that from an Ole Miss perspective, and and you hope it's a positive. He's not there anymore. Like if Lane Kiffin is not the coach at Ole Miss in twenty twenty five, then you hope it's because in year one they showed some progress. In year two, they got a little bit better and recruited well. And in year three and or year four, they were a really good football team. And Southern Cal decided to, you know, fire uh, uh, Clay Elton and make a second run at Lane Kiffin. I mean, that seems unlikely, but a big job. Like a a job that is, you know, one of those top 10, top 15 jobs nationally says, this guy's grown up, he's matured, he's a great ball coach, let's go get him. And in that scenario, I, I think, I mean, Lane Kiffin, for being honest here, is probably more cut out for big cities and small towns. Um, he was really comfortable in Los Angeles and Manhattan Beach. He was really comfortable in Boca as a suburb of Miami. I don't think he's as comfortable in Oxford. He's fine. 
when people leave him alone and he can just be a ball coach and, and they have some really good results in it. But I don't think this is necessarily his comfort zone. Um, so if there's an opportunity at some point to go to a, a big city based on the fact that you've done a really, really good job, I don't think that's a terrible thing for all this. Yeah. And and if you really want to, like, you know, glass half full it, you hope that not only have they been good, but they've been really good on offense. And Jeff Levy has grown into a spot where you say, okay, we're ready to hand over the reins of the program to him, and it's a seamless transition. Um, I know that's a lot of, you know, you were doing the if, if, if thing earlier, hey, Dad. Mm-hmm. Those are the ifs. Um, that's a lot of words for the answer to your question. But if you said you got to pick one, I'd say Mike Leach is, is still at Mississippi State five years from now, uh, more so than, than Lane's at Ole Miss. Yeah. All right. Richard Cross, you know where to find him. Every day, 3 to 6, Sports Talk Mississippi on your local Super Talk affiliate, man. Thanks for joining me. All right, thanks to Richard for his time. Joel, you know, it's it's hard to, to you know, when I look at two years ago in the Egg Bowl and I looked ahead to the 2019 Egg Bowl, I thought, okay, Ole Miss is bringing back some guys. They should be better. State's losing some guys. They should be worse. It could be a close. I could extrapolate that, right? And I was I would have been right. Yeah. It was a much closer game last year. I don't know what to take from from last year to this year because both head coaches are new. Uh, both teams lost a good bit. Both teams are going to look totally different. What's something I can take from the 2019 Egg Bowl that I can bring to 2020? Oh. Luke Logan still the kicker? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Jace, know if he is or not. Jace Chrisman still the kicker. I mean, he he's still there, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> both guys are still there. I, I mean, really, that I don't know. I don't know. You know, we don't even know who Ole Miss quarterback is going to be. And if it is Plumley, is it going to be the run two thirds of the time offense that it was with Rich Rod last year? I, I think mean, that seems highly I, unlikely. I'm trying to think. I mean, you can't take anything from state offensively. Nothing. No. Um, well, I, I, there's one thing that you can take. And, Kyle, and well, you know, I say that. I assume he's going to play. Yeah. But if Kylan Hill is on the field, I think the best player on the field is a bulldog. Yeah, agreed. But you don't know how he's going to be used. I don't. Sure. But I, I think the ball will be in his hands. And and Ole Miss, two straight years, has had trouble stopping him. Yeah. That's fair. Um. So I guess there's that. <sighs> Defensively, state secondary because. It's going to be a lot of the same cast of characters mm-hmm. because you know Dancer was out at the end of last year. Anyway, he played right, in that game. Though. Did he play in that yeah. game? Yeah. <laughs> MSU beat writer expert Joel. Um, no, I mean <laughs> you see so many games, you forget who played and what. No, which you're not ones. wrong. Um, but it, it, it is a lot of the same cast of characters though in that secondary. Yeah. I think these are two teams that their coaches are going to have to carry them to some extra wins. I think like if you look at the talent level. States is probably at six, and Ole Miss is probably closer to four. They're going to need Leach to out-scheme and out-flank and Kiffin the same way to get to six wins and get to eight wins, is what I would tell you. And in that instance, I favor Mississippi State. I think that Mississippi State is a better – I think Mike Leach is a better coach than uh, than is Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So I think State has the advantage there. We're doing my thing here, right? Better coach, Mike Leach. Better quarterback, it's KJ Costello. Games played in Oxford, but the last two times in Oxford, State's dominated. Yeah. Um. So, 
you know, as we sit here today, if you said, Brian, give me a line, I think State is probably a three to four point favorite on the road at Ole Miss today. Long way to go between now and there. I think Ole Miss will be better because just having Kiffin will elevate them. I think that, you know, they'll get their two quarterback system right this year. This is something that Rippy used to say, and, you know, God rest his soul, that when you have a two QB system, the running quarterback has to be the guy who comes in for the specialty plays. When you bring in the passing quarterback, it sort of gives it away what you're going to do. Yeah, um, and that's what almost had it backwards last year. Plumley would get the most the reps, but then on third and fifteen, they'd bring in Corral. It's like, well, no crap, we're going to throw the football. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't Corral was in there first and second down. Now it's third and one. Here comes Plumley. What are they going to do? I think I think they'll get there. I think I think I agree with Richard. I think Corral will be the starting quarterback, but they will find a, a number of ways to get the ball into Plumley's hands. He's just too good an athlete not to. Ely and Connor are good. Elijah Moore is good. They need another receiver to step up alongside him. Their 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 biggest worries are on both sides of the uh, the, the line, the offensive and defensive lines. They're, they're just weak there. They haven't recruited particularly well there. Well, I mean that's good luck winning in the SEC. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. If that's where your problems are, you know. Uh, and I think State's fine on the offensive front. You know, I. I I don't know that anything is completely set as far as who's going to play where up there, but I think we can give a, a decent guess as to some of the cast of characters. And I mean, I think those guys, most of them, have more than proven their own through the years. Uh, maybe the one that hadn't is, you know, Charles Cross, and he's a four, five-star guy that could end up being the best one of the five. You know, so I think State's fine on the offensive line and on the defensive line when you when you got Pickering and Marquis Spencer and Kobe Jones. I mean. I like what State has on the defensive line better than what Ole Miss has on the defensive line, for sure. If football is one up front, me looking at the Egg Bowl right here today, I mean, I think State, like you said, you got to give them at least three or four on the road, and it may be more than that, just when you just look at it from a big-picture perspective. Now, that's not to say that State will win the game, but I think it would be very hard to favor Ole Miss as we sit here today. As we sit here today. You know, God knows what's going to happen between now and Thanksgiving Day. But yeah, as it sits here today, state should be favored. State is probably here's here's a here's a statement that Ole Miss fans might not like to hear. But how many Ole Miss players would start for state? Elijah Moore would start. Yeah. Ben Brown would start. I think he's their best offensive line. He would start. You know, if Plumley wanted to be a slot receiver somewhere. He, he Plumley would... Plumley would play a lot. He wouldn't start over Costello. He's not going to start over Corral probably. Yeah. Ely and Connor would play. But, you know, especially Ely, I think, would be a very dynamic player in this offense, but not over Kylan Hill. He's not going to be starting tailback. Sonogo. You know, Sonogo, would he, would he start? I mean, I don't know. Probably. He's probably one of the starting linebackers, but, you know, maybe. And that, that's about it, right? Four, maybe four or five guys total? Huh. You know, and I, I don't feel like I'm being Homer guy here. I don't feel like I'm saying, oh, you know, I mean, I. Anybody in that secondary? I don't even know who they have back there, to be honest with you. I mean, Miles Hartsfield's gone. Uh, I don't know. The fact that I don't know the names probably tells you no. Yeah, and and that's saying something because state secondary is relatively inexperienced. But I think Emerson's better than their corners. I think Murphy's better than their safeties. So, right now, state's the favorite in the Egg Bowl. I don't see how anybody can look at it and say otherwise. Will they be that way? Now, we, I, now, I don't think it's an overwhelming. No, it's not favorite. overwhelming. It's not. It's not. This is not like two years ago where they were a, what a 15, 16 point favorite or something like that. It, it's. It would be a close. I think it'll be a close game when they play. But 
as we sit here today, well, they're the favorite. Will they be that way the day before the game? Will they be that? Will they win the game? You know, those are questions we'll have to answer as we as the season progresses. I, I don't know that there's ever been an egg bowl with as much unknown surrounding it as this one has. Yeah, all components of it. Yeah, I mean, you you don't know anything hardly about either team. You just know some of the faces, In, including not. And I don't want to go down this road today, but including whether or not we'll even play the game. Yeah, we'll, you know, you're we'll, not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's, everything think, about this game is up in the air. Exactly. All right. Let's move on over to our SEC preview, and that's going to be about the Arkansas Razorbacks, which is a pig, which is just one of the products you can get when you call Welcome Home Beef. If we were playing Texas, what a tie-in we would have. (laughs) Instead, playing Arkansas, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but I want to talk about Welcome Home Beef. As you guys know by now, I have been talking them up for months, and you guys have been you know, getting their products, and you guys are tweeting me and telling me, hey, good call. This is great stuff. If you haven't done it yet, if you haven't made the call, if you haven't reached out to them online, I don't know what you're waiting for. I know you like to eat. I know you're eating every weekend. So why are you not putting the best stuff on the grill? You're missing out. So why don't you give them a call today at 662-418-2021 or just go to facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. Take a look at what they've got to offer. Take a look at those prices. Those prices, by the way, are better than your average grocery store right now. Everybody's talking about there's meat shortages. There's no shortages of meat at Welcome Home Beef. Those they they are stocked and loaded for bear up there. So give them a call and don't forget if it's not on the menu, well just just talk to them, see what they can do for you. They're always willing to make a lot of uh, a specialty items available to you. So by the way, you you know what I had for lunch today? No idea. Black and red fish. You know where I got the fish? I'm gonna Welcome, guess. Home, Welcome beef. home Beef. Yeah. Welcome because, home fish. Because had you not gotten it from there, I wouldn't have brought a it up. Really weird place. Been to a really put that. <laughs> Kroger. No, <laughs> I, I got it. It was great. Great big piece of fish. Delicious. Now it helps that I'm a good cook. I, I won't lie, but that's a good piece of, of fish. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on the list. Ask them about fish. Trying to eat a little healthier, you know. Good stuff. So give them a call today again. 662-418-2021. or go online. To Facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. Whatever you're going to pick up, whatever you're going to put in the cart, know one thing for sure. Beef, pork, fish, it all just tastes good. There we go. We're talking to Nikki Chavanel. She covers Arkansas for Hogsports.com. That's their rival site, which means, you know, she has no no peers here in Mississippi. No, <laughs> no rivals people here, obviously. Uh, new, we're talking about not knowing much about the Egg Bowl. What do you know about Arkansas? Very, very little. Their head coach... I, I have been familiar with Sam Pittman all the way back to the day Arkansas hired him, and I just know as much about him as I know about the president of Indonesia or the manager of the Popeyes in Gadsden, Alabama. I know nothing about these people, and I know very little about Sam Pittman as well. So Nikki will fill us in on what to expect from the Arkansas Razorbacks this year, the first year of the Sam Pittman era. SEC preview for this week. We're talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Nikki Chavanel from uh, Hogsports.com, the Arkansas Rivals site up there in Fayetteville. I, I don't know that there's a team this season that I feel like I know less about than Arkansas. And, and from that, you know, a coach that, you know, outside of, of a few people in Georgia, you know, not, not familiar with, with that much. Felipe Franks coming in. And there's just a lot of questions. And this was a 2 and 10 team a season ago. What's what's a realistic expectation? We'll start with the big picture. What's the what what would a record that Arkansas could get to this year where people would say moving in the right direction? I think you know the minimum 
because Arkansas really, talent-wise, they weren't a 2-10 and team last year nor the year before. I think the minimum is you have to win the three non-conference games against Nevada, um, Charleston Southern, and um, the uh, late-season game against um, Louisiana Monroe. But then, you know, Notre Dame, that's, don't think Arkansas is ready to compete in that game. Um, and then they have to find one SEC win somewhere on the schedule, whether that's Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, um, all those schools, you know, new head coaches as well. So I feel like the win is probably going to come in one of those three games. Uh, but four wins, I think, is what recruits need to see. It's what fans need to see. And uh, in general, I think that's what Sam Pittman at least expects um, a lot of, more positive people would probably say five wins would make them really happy, but I just not sure that they're going to have it in them to fight through games, and then I just think it's going to take a while to get some kinks out with these new uh, coaches. When you when you look at what Arkansas is trying to put together with Pittman and, and the staff that he's got, is it fair to say they're trying to sort of maybe copy the LSU model that you know Orgeron was not known as a great head coach but a great motivator and a great recruiter, but they put elite ta- coaches around him. Is that sort of what Arkansas is trying to do there? Yeah, uh, that's essentially it. That's not I don't think what they started out trying to do when uh, the coaching search started, but Sam Pittman's name was brought up. Uh, right at the beginning of the coaching search because former players of his from when he was at Arkansas as the offensive line coach, uh, they sent out a letter and put it out to the media, and it was just so complimentary of him um, and how hard they wanted to fight for him, and that's really what Arkansas has needed uh, since Brett Bielema. Um, I think Arkansas, you know, the players would play the first two games, and they'd play their heart out, and then they just gave up on Chad Morris, and that's why... You know, a lot of people said two years, that's not enough time to turn a team around and take it in the right direction. But the team got worse, and the players stopped wanting to play for him. So at that point, they had to go a separate way, and I don't think that's a problem Sam Pittman's going to have unless, you know, they don't see some changes in the first year. They trust us down here in Starville. We know all about a coach getting the, uh, the <laughs> axe after two seasons. It's, it's familiar yeah. territory for us. Felipe Frank's coming in, uh, you know, was good at times at Florida, inconsistent sometimes. You know, what is he going to bring to this offense? And is is he for sure the guy? Could KJ Jefferson, the uh, Mississippi native, make a, a a play for playing time, or does he have a role regardless of who the starter is? Um, I think you know Felipe and KJ bring a lot of similar qualities, um, except KJ is a lot less uh, polished than Felipe, uh, and he also doesn't have. Like we could tell from last season, the few games that he did play in, he just doesn't have it all figured out like in-game, in the moment. And that might be something he can work on. Um, but without spring football, um, I'm just not sure that he's going to be ready to compete. And Felipe Franks, uh, he's definitely coming in to compete because he keeps saying, I mean, he has a second year if he wants to use it because he can medical redshirt that last year that he got injured. But... He's very determined that he is going to, you know, boost his draft stock and get himself into the NFL after this one year. So he's expecting big things out of himself, and I definitely think the coaches brought him in. Even though the last two grad transfer quarterbacks did not work out, um, Felipe Franks has a lot more experience in the SEC than either of those two guys did, and uh, he's shown he can get it done. He's not perfect, that's for sure. Uh, but I think he'll definitely uh, pull out in fall camp. And I know that the guys 
they've been working with him here in Fayetteville during this whole time. A lot of the wide receivers stayed in Fayetteville, so they're going to be ready to go once they can actually start using the football again. Nick, you, I guess, kind of hit on this a little bit a minute ago when you were talking about what, you know, an expected win total or something, but overall, just in general, what's what's the mood around this program right now from the fan base? I, I know last year when Mississippi State was was playing Arkansas, it kind of seemed like a, a disgruntled bunch uh, of, of Hog fans at, at the time when, when State was up there. What is the mood now with the new coaching staff? You, you, Felipe Franks is there. Um, some, some things have definitely went in, in a, a different direction uh, from the last time State and Arkansas met. So just in general, uh, mood around the program from the fan base and such, what have you seen? The fans are really excited to see what Sam Pittman, along with his coordinators, I mean, those those were two really good hires, probably as good as Sam Pittman could have done with the, his uh, offensive, defensive coordinators. But uh, they're really excited to see what he can do. They are familiar with him since he was here before. Uh, they are confident that the O-line will get better in a hurry. Uh, that's his strong suit, and he brought in one of his own former players, who he groomed up and, you know, Brad Davis, he coached at Florida, he coached at Missouri. Uh, he's got a lot of SEC experience coaching. So um, fans are really excited, but there is a lot of, you know, cautious optimism. Like people are not diving in headfirst for Sam Pittman like they did for Chad Morris. Like they want to see results. Uh, so they are, you know, I think a lot of people are buying season tickets, but that won't be the case if there's not some, uh, you know, remarkable turnaround this year. I think we all know Rakeem Boyd, you know, great running back for Arkansas, but beyond that, you know, the, the skill position, the, the potential stars on this team, I just don't know who they are. Who are some guys you're keeping an eye on this fall that you think will be uh, play big pieces on both sides of the ball? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rakeem Boyd, he came back. He wanted to boost his draft stock, thinks he can go higher, and I agree. Um, just in general, Arkansas being better is going to put him in the spotlight, I'm not sure he gets the, the credit that he deserves. Um, but behind him, uh, we're really excited for Traylon Smith and what he can do. He's a transfer from Arizona State who was in the same class as Rakeem Boyd, and he just couldn't really get it together at Arizona State. I'm not sure what the issues were, but he wasn't super focused on football. But now, uh, after sitting out a year, uh, he – has been said to have some of the quickest feet, um, which is not totally Rakeem Boyd's strong point. So I feel like the two of them will work well together. Um, and, and Rakeem does tend to uh, tap out kind of when you need him. So I'm hoping Traylon Smith will fill that role when he needs to head out of the game. Um, Traylon Burks at wide receiver, he was the leading receiver last year. But if you can tell how... Uh, messed up Arkansas was, he didn't have a single touchdown reception last year, despite being the leading receiver, which is just one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I'm not sure how many times that's ever happened, uh, but he is just a monster. He's like 6'4", um, 225. He's gotten even heavier since he's been here. He just, he plays in the slot, so he's just going to, you know, dominate matchups, and with Felipe Franks, uh, that's going to be a huge upgrade for him. Um, the other two starting wide receivers, I'm not sure what their maximum potential is, but uh, Traylon Burks is really the star of that wide receiver core, and he's just going into his sophomore season. Um, playmakers on the defense, that's really tough. Arkansas, their defense was ranked 124th, I believe, last season, so um, they had three guys drafted. 
um, coming up behind them. There's just a lot of young talent that hasn't quite realized itself yet, but uh, we have some guys that we're looking out for, like Bumper Pool, a middle linebacker. He got a ton of experience last year, but I don't feel like anyone played near their potential under John Chavis, and I don't know what it was, but he just didn't have the passion to lead those guys to play better, and I think Barry Odom's going to get a lot better out of that defense. Um, defensive line, there's not a ton of talent right there that's like really eye-catching or is going to pop out at you. Uh, they struggled getting pressure a lot last year, so there's no one like big sack leader returning or anything like that. Um, yeah, the defense doesn't have any stars, but they have a lot of young uh, up-and-coming players that could break out this year. I think that's what a lot of our stories this offseason have been about, like who could break out, and there's a lot of candidates for that. I guess to wrap up here, you know, you mentioned you think you know four and eight is a very reasonable uh, and, and you know and a very doable uh, year one for Sam Pittman. You know, we, we obviously Chad Morris that program you, you called it. It wasn't going in the right direction. They weren't playing for him. He had to go. I, I think Arkansas fans are going to be patient with Sam Pittman, but to to what extent? What what was the next two years need to look like? You know, past this season, let's say they're four and eight. What is 2021, 2022 need to look like for Arkansas to show things are trending in the right direction? Yeah, they definitely have to be working back towards uh, being bowl eligible. I think that's what everyone expects. No one, they don't expect them to compete with LSU and Alabama. Well, they expect some competition, but, you know, no one's expecting a win out of that right now. But, like, to compete with other teams that have struggled recently, like Ole Miss, like Mississippi State, like Missouri, um, Tennessee to an extent, even though they finished hot last year. Um, so a lot to make progress on. I'm just not sure that anyone's expecting too much. They just want to play in the postseason again. That would be fantastic. Well, we'll see what happens this season. Should be, you know, Arkansas is going to be one of the more interesting teams to follow when you have a coach like Sam Pittman that we just don't know so little about to see what he's able to do year one and if he can get that program rolling in the right direction. Nikki Chabonel, thanks so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. All right, thanks to Nikki for her time. Really appreciate her, her jump, jumping on with us. Um, yeah, it's, it's, got, it's sort of weird to say a team could go 4-8 and eight and their fans would be really thrilled. But I agree with her. If they're 4-8 and eight and if they're just – I don't know that they're going to be competitive with Alabama this year. That's probably not going to happen. And they do play Notre Dame. That's going to be a really, really tough game. But if they're losing by touchdown or less to Ole Miss, to State, to Missouri, I think everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, they do have to find a conference win. I don't know what their most likely one is. You know, their East games. I don't. I don't have it in front of me. Who they play? Do you have it? I mean, I can get I know, it. With I, I know one Missouri, quick Google. Search. I know it's Missouri. And but beyond that, I don't know who their other uh, their other East opponent is. I don't think it's not Georgia. Well, I can tell you who you know. I could almost do a process of elimination. It's not State, Ole Miss. It's not uh, Alabama. Apparently, who? What are you doing? Because I, I know who the other teams. Oh, who the other other teams, teams East play. games are? Okay. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not A and M. A and M's is Vanderbilt this year. Let's see. So it's either Auburn or LSU. We're talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's in the in the east. I'm sorry. So yeah, it's either, that, that was why I was a little yeah, confused okay. there when you were. I, 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 we're on the we're on the right page. <laughs> it's either Tennessee or. I now have the answer, so I'll let it's you Kentucky. Guess. It's Kentucky. You are incorrect. I am not incorrect. Arkansas doesn't play Kentucky this year. 
They Who is not. They will play Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee Vols. Vols? Vols. Did you say Vols? The Vols. Vols. Are you sure that's The right? Volunteers. I, I know that's what this says. Tennessee, Arkansas. Well, I guess. I mean, I can... Like, like the internet would, wouldn't lie or something. <laughs> I can read. Right. So, Tennessee, that that's a tough game. Yeah. The Ole Miss... State, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I get, honestly, and I, it's on Halloween. If I feel like I'm being, forward. you know, oh, he just hates Ole Miss, but that feels like their their best opportunity, right? That game is that game would be in Fayetteville, so they have that. I don't know. I don't know about Missouri this year. You know, they they have to come to state, and that game is so early in the season. You got to feel like they won't have found their legs yet. You know. Me and Borky always make the joke about you don't want to play Arkansas later in the year. I think that actually holds true this year because they're going to be trying to figure things out at the beginning of the season this yeah. year. Um, but if they go four and eight and they just show some fight, I think you're, you you got to be pleased about year one. And if he somehow can get to five wins, you should be thrilled. Him going five and seven, especially with that schedule playing Notre Dame, it would be similar to Mullins' first year, in my opinion. I mean, you never say never, but I don't see five wins. I don't ever. see. Oh, honestly, I have them going like two and ten. <laughs> I don't know for sure they're going to beat Nevada in that, in that in that opening game. I mean, who was that they played at the end of last year? Just killed them. The non-con game that uh, Western Kentucky. Yes, Western Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't see if they get four, I will be shocked. If they get four, they should be really happy. I'm just telling you right now, if they get five, that's like Mullen's first year at state. That that may be better than Mullen's yeah, first year. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you should be like, they got something here. But if they go four and eight and they're competitive, they're going to be okay. But that said, what if they're two and ten again? You know, I mean, at what point are their fans going to say this is just not worth our time? You know, at that point, at that point, you're talking about firing athletic directors. I mean, I think the goal, <laughs> the goal, I know in that locker room is going to be higher than this, but the realistic goal is three and nine. Yeah, you got to get three. You have to win those three non-conference games beyond Notre Dame. Yes. And then if you find Anything an SEC win, is, is gravy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so next week we're going to talk about Florida. We will catch up at the end of the of the end of the, 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 the summer here. We'll talk about State and Ole Miss in the same week. What was it that Sam Pittman said? In his, was it like yippee-ki-yay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, That's what that is. All right, tomorrow's show, we're doing a deep dive again. I've already got up with Ashley Cooper. He will be joining us. We're going to talk about the 1999 football season. Got a couple other irons in the fire. Trying to get another interview for that uh, if we can. And we'll talk about that great, great season on tomorrow's podcast. Till then, we will talk to you guys later. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks. The tribes are cool. While I've got the move, that really move I said chill, up and down that spine. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.